by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Welcome, one and all, to the People's Pitch, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am John, and I am with my boothmate from this past weekend's match, Nate Morales. Nate, thanks again for stepping in for Nordo last Saturday. How did it go from your perspective? I had a ton of fun. I think, you know, it is fun, right? I loosened up a little. As I went on, like at first I was worried about making sure I was like calling the right names and just like getting and then eventually you get into the groove and you can start adding some fun stuff in and getting a little more excited and you start focusing on the action of the match and less the like technically what's happening. Yeah. And then that's that's when it really started to click for me. And remembering there's someone sitting next to you. Yeah. So it's like you you have to like not forget that you, you don't want to monopolize too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I te- I tend to organically do that in my life. Um, <laughs> monopolize conversations. Yeah. So um, so it's good, but as you can can be a, a test to, uh, it's not easy. Yeah, it's hard. Than you think. It's really hard, and especially when you have to do the play by play, because like you said, remembering names. I can't even remember my kids' names sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you over there. Stop doing that thing. Um, Yeah, it was was good to have you, man. I mean, it was awesome, man. And and the best part is we pulled out that that victory. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the hits just keep coming for the Crows. They host we hosted uh, the Maple Maple Brook Twin Stars and we'll cover that. Uh, Some other things happened elsewhere in the league this past weekend uh, that have a drastic effect on what's going on in the NPSL North Conference. So we will touch on how that affected us, and we will preview this coming weekend's matchup in Sioux Falls as we take on um, what can be an interesting Thunder team. Let's get after this, John. Yes, let's do. So seeing the removal of VSLT from the North Conference for personal reasons this year, um, there really is only one other team for us to pit up against to create a true derby. Uh, You know, Whether you like it or not, it's the Maple Brook Twin Stars. Uh, So the game in the past, has always been contentious and historically have they've, they have gone in the favor of twin stars, uh, but recent history has swung in favor of the crows. So from a starting lineup perspective, you had Matt elder in goal, Zuhir, Jonah hoof and Mark hate anchoring the back line. You had Charlie Adams being inserted back into that center midfield with Max Stewart and Aiden O'Driscoll making his second start of the summer, I believe. Um, And then your upfront three was Will Kidd, Whitney Brown, and Abdallah Ba. Uh, The bench was, as such, Troy Luegi, Noah Sen, U23 call-up, Miles Norville, Aaron Olson, Siku, another U23 call-up, Eli Goldman, and Nick Hutton. One thing to note before we dive in here, 
on the day was that our featured player to watch for the match was Nick Hutton, <laughs> who had previously been on the train table for a good portion of the matches this season, but was back and ready to go. So we thought uh, Nick picked up a knock on literally the last kick of warmups and was ruled out on the day. So once again, our player to watch, not effective. No. <laughs> so perhaps we just stopped doing that altogether. <laughs> it's, like we said, it's the Madden curse. It totally is. It totally is. <laughs> As you said, John, uh, the matchups between City and Twin Stars have really gone back and forth the last three years. Um, in year one of Minneapolis City's NPSL journey, Twin Stars took all six points from us. And we yeah. were that was a year we were feeling pretty confident about what was going on. Um, but as you've said a couple times, we just didn't understand the league, didn't understand the conference, didn't quite have the talent, and Twin Stars punished us for it. On the back yeah, we of were- some... Oh, go we ahead. Were bas- we are basically built to win the PLA. Yeah. And we found out that that's quite a bit different than the MPSL North Conference. So yeah, we figured sure. that out and then we won the conference. So, um, yeah. but that's when we, that's when we really learned about these, these names that, um, we would come to know the Twin Stars by, uh, the Oliver brothers, right? Kareem Darbaki, Chase Wright, Sean Teske. But as, the page has turned over the last couple of years. The Olivers have defected to Minneapolis City to a more organized home that fits their developmental needs and their life needs. Chase Wright has moved on to play at a higher level. He's pretty pretty decent player. Yeah, uh, he's really good. And he's because he's going into his last season uh, before yeah. he finishes college. So yeah, Loyola. Sim- similar to how some other city players have gone on to. You know, wherever their coaches tell them to, Chase probably did the same thing. Sean Teske mm-hmm. transferred to St. Thomas, and he left Twin Stars. We have seen hide nor hair of him. So all mm-hmm. really that's left is Kareem, the Kareem Darbaki show. And so this new narrative this year is City has really owned the Twin Stars um, ever since that first season. Last year, there was the technical difficulties match, <laughs> the biting, the phantom weather delay, the the dick stomping, the list goes on, right? This season, a little different. Um, first game, of course, one that we won. We were in control up from the jump, but it took some some late-game heroics from Kevin Hoof to uh, cement that win for us. And this match fell at a... So, so this match really fell at like a, a crucial point in the 2019 campaign, but also kind of at a time when the pendulum does have the... or could have the uh, potential to swing back into the Twin mm-hmm. Stars' favor, right? Right. Um, but we knew this as the difference between being playoff hopefuls and being on the outside looking in. And it was the first time that we've beaten them at the hallowed grounds of Edor Nelson Field. Yeah, so, usually they uh, come in and yeah. get the hurt on us a little bit. A whole slew of guys you've never heard of before. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, Nate, the MPSL North is a very young conference in our in the, in the league, uh, in the MPSL. But I would have to assume that there's not a better storyline at all of the league like there is when these two teams face off versus each other. I mean, there's there's bouts of good soccer, there's drama, there's always an ever-present pride that's that's on the line. And I love it. I mean, I yeah. love it even more now, obviously, that we've had their number, but it <laughs> it's um and we've said it before too. Like we we can make all the jokes about, you know, all the the theatrics and all the gamesmanship. But when they get down to business and they play soccer, they're a very good club. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's funny is being both of us being on the call, uh, being involved in some in a lot more in-game conversations. We usually don't get a chance to, to chat as the action goes on unless we mm-hmm. happen to be at the same away game. But I would say this game is one where 
the surprises fell uh, towards the positive on the positive side for the Twin Stars. You know, we were positively mm-hmm. surprised by a number of number of players and a lot of their play um, in particular. But we, we will get to that in a bit. Um, one. So, like I said, we you and I have already talked about this game quite extensively in person. Um, both teams came out of the gate really strong. The Twin Stars, they utilize this five, three, two. You you noted that that's pretty much their default formation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this time of note for that is Kareem Darbaki was deployed as the deep midfielder, sort mm-hmm. of a more defensive, like you said, shading the the five man back line to yeah. add a little, I, I don't know if it was, if his purpose was to add a little spark out of the back or what, but it was a very interesting place for him, given that he is always super dangerous in a more advanced role. And then with, with city playing in its four, three, three formation, ideally what twin stars playing in that five, three, three, two would do is spring those wing backs to add to the attack. But that really didn't pan out as the real battle on Saturday, ended up getting fought in the midfield, where City and Twin Stars traded possession early. It was interesting, and as it was noticed on the uh, noted on the call, you know, Twin Stars basically decided to deploy their best player as essentially a third center back, and I don't really know why that might be because the five three two itself is kind of set up so that Kareem doesn't have to go deep and he can be further advanced in the field and get more opportunities offensively um, because he doesn't play any defense. So now you're deploying him deep and he has to play defense. And then still they gave him a ton of the ball to try to spark the offense. So when, when you say though, that it was a midfield battle, I, I think it was one that was on the razor's edge of the twin stars kind of final third um, as a result of so many players being yep. drop dropping back. So with Darbaki in that deep position, it allowed us to simply pass off our other central marks and push up so that we we could when we did win the ball, it was in kind of those more advanced positions when we pressed. However, we, we talked about it on the call a lot. Um, the press itself took a bit too long in my opinion for city to recognize that they could do it in the first half and i felt it caused fits for twin stars when city actually did figure out that oh there's plenty of people back it's okay to go now and press <laughs> right right took him but you're right it did take him a while both teams i think they had their chances especially early but i would say that minneapolis city was the team that looked to be a little bit more threatening especially in that first half um a long ball right down the center to Abdullah Ba that was almost identical to the one that he scored the last it time. Out. It, from from Jonah to Ba, almost identical, right? I couldn't believe it. Um and he used he had scored on that same ball last time out against the Twin Stars. They that almost started the scoring out again, but you know, couldn't couldn't make anything of it. Whitney took a shot, probably a little too early as he had runners unmarked coming into the box. That shot was deflected. Um there was some nice interplay between Whitney and Max Stegert that led to a nice shot and forced the keeper, uh, Shram Miller, into a save. Even Zakir got into the mix, right? All good chances. But in the end, they were neutralized by a really stingy Twin Stars defense led by uh, number four, Sadie. This guy seemed to really have our number most of the game. Both of us were very impressed with this guy. Where has this guy been? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, they've thrown a lot of people out there, but he was fantastic. I think that out of the defenders they've deployed versus us in the past, there have been some good ones, but he was clearly the best. Yeah. And he was not your typical center back as he was kind of short, but 
he had a great center of balance that he used quite often to stop a few city attacks. But I would agree with you because Twins are set so deep. The only changes that they, they or chances that they got were long balls into a lone striker who had little to no help. And there were, a, they, they were able to create a few half chances, but they could have been a lot more dangerous if they were in a different setup and yeah. their striker had some more support. But I, I, obviously I'm okay with that <laughs> since they <laughs> they didn't really create anything of danger um, to note up until that point. No. And, and you know, sloppy, it was really sloppy play out of the back and some bad passing decisions that you and I were lamenting that put Minneapolis City in any jeopardy at all. Uh, number nine. their own problems. Yep. Definitely, as usual. Number nine, our old friend Garga Nayu. He picked um, he picked Hoof's pocket, really, and he was in on goal one-on-one. Matt Elder made a great save. He had his angle covered, and he was able to preserve that clean sheet. Um, luckily, the first half ended 0-0. I would say relatively calmly without any incident or controversy or complaint from the first half as far as sportsmanship or anything like that. So I really right. couldn't help but wonder if... if we were going to see some real shenanigans kick in in the second half should the game go um, right. not the Twin Stars way. I thought it was a good soccer game. Like, I did too. So, I mean, again, all. they surprised us positively, I would say, this game. Yeah. The second half, more of the same. Uh, it saw City sub Charlie Adams out at halftime, moving Kevin Hoof up into that defensive midfield role instead, and they added AO into the mix at center back. We mentioned it on the stream a little. Talk a bit more about that move and the different look that it gave City to start the second half and how successful AO has been and can be at center back. Well, he's played there before, and I actually know that from talking to him, he prefers playing center back, uh, probably because he doesn't have to go up and down the field as much. <laughs> um, uh, so he's probably just the, the lazy answer to, yeah, I'll play center back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it did was it put one of our fastest players centrally, and with that, we're able to we were able as a unit to press higher with the rest of the central players knowing that we had speed back there to kind of help with those counterattacks oh. as as kind of the pivot point to where I think Coach Pribble on the day, because Coach Ben Benscoe wasn't there, yeah. truly made the decision we're gonna go for it. And and that was that was I mean, I, I don't I don't see it being drawn up any other way other than we're going to go for it, and, and here's how we're going to counter that. I, I, I do think that the other thing to note is that we saw U23 call-up Noah Sen come on a little bit later in the um, in the early stages of the second half and kind of sit as that number six defensive center midfielder in front of the back line. And what that gave us was the ability for Stiegwart to be a bit more forward-minded. And I thought that, you know, that Noah coming in, he did a great job of coming into his first pressure situation with yeah. the team versus the twin stars that in the past are one that are a bit more physical, but he was tackling hard. He was composed when he got the ball. And I thought, he was a great addition to the side that should be noted. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think take a look at take a look at the game film if you if you will. And uh, Noah, usually usually late late game subs, especially for for call outs or call ups, you're gonna you're losing something over the guys mm-hmm. that are first choice. Even in this case, second choice as Hoof was moved up to that position. But Noah, when he came in, fresh legs, um, added a little more. I don't know, a little more speed to the position, right? He's able to move around too, just like Aaron Olsen was, able to help on the counters if he needed to, but able to press well with the team and join in the attack. So that was was an interesting addition that, that really worked out well for City. 
I think he also added in uh, some kind of mental fortitude and and being um, putting himself in position to get fouls drawn uh, in his favor. Yeah. So playing to the the aggressiveness and the sense of urgency from the Twin Stars and putting his body on the line to get those calls and to and to really start the beginning processes of um, either killing the game out or getting us into a position where we were getting free kick opportunities. So the breakthrough, John, finally came in the 80th minute through a not-so-familiar face, but one that had just scored in last week's friendly against Des Moines and is currently scoring tons of goals tonight. Um, yeah, he scored two goals in the U23 <laughs> game tonight. Uh, Aiden Driscoll, <laughs> who um, had at, up to then been getting forward more and more, made a really nice run into the box. He received the ball from Whitney Brown and ran diagonally into the box from the left side. Uh, and he played a nice like one, two, three with Eli Goldman. He laid it off to Eli. Eli put it up to him. And as Aiden Driscoll was about to kind of run run over the back line, he, he was able to pass back to Eli, who, um, by the way, had been recently subbed in. It was probably his third or fourth touch on the game. Which is exactly what happened against Des Moines. I, I know. I couldn't believe it. So Eli takes that point-blank shot, and Shram Miller was able to save that, who also was another bright spot for the Twin Stars on the night. But the rebound bounced right back to Eli, and he hit that volley past Shram Miller, um, kind of off the ground almost, into the first, and for, it was for the first and only goal of the game. And again, right place, right time, exact right technique for the second week in a row for Eli Goldman. The whole play, I think, was nice, plain and simple. Absolutely. It was it was one that saw what Aiden can do not only when he has the ball, but his movement coming from that number 10 spot, mm-hmm. which is something that I think we lost quite a bit when Samo went down injured for the year. And I, I know people will say, well, what about Luke Hackinson and what he did? But what Luke really was, he was just deployed as a secondary striker, not really necessarily a true number 10 where Aiden is that true central type player usually plays a little bit deeper, but he's a very smart player. And without his recognition that he could, he could continue to get more advanced. We had the bodies back to cover him. It it would have been more of the same lone striker play that we saw for most of the game. And then after that, the bus was gassed up and firmly parked (laughs) for city. Um, (laughs) And we've talked about in the past, uh, you know, the past few weeks and even in the last season, is do whatever it takes to see a match out that you not only should win, but really, really need to win. And I thought, you know, the from a tactical perspective, Coach Purple brought in Miles Norville and deployed three center backs. So we basically were countering the three five two or the three uh sorry, the five three two with a with a five three two. So we we were okay with conceding lumping balls forward and some brief bouts of kind of time-killing possession-based soccer. Uh, but, hey, they worked. one nothing. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, and you, you and I got a chance to talk to Eli from from the booth in the uh, in the call of the game, as they call it. Is that what they call it? Uh, it's the Palmer's la- Palmer's Bar Last Call. That's what it's called. So we did that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's listen in and see what Eli had to say about his first NPSL goal. Eli. Hello? Eli, how's it going, man? You're on with uh, with John and Nate up here. Fantastic game, man. Uh, Thank you. Congrats on the goal. I don't know if you know the significance of that goal, but that particular goal puts City back from looking up at the table to top of the table. So it was a, it was a fantastic goal, and it was a huge goal. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Eli, congrats, man. This is Nate. Uh, so two uh, two games with Minneapolis City all of a sudden and two goals. 
Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that seems to be your that seems to be your spot there, right in front of net, looking for rebounds and uh, just lacing shots into the right corner. Talk to us a little bit about how that play developed and uh, and what happened with that goal. Um, I just saw I saw Aiden coming in. He played me. I saw him roll off. I played him a little too far in front, but he adjusted well and found me back. And then I missed the first one, but luckily it popped right back to me, and then I knew I had to put it away. Awesome. So take us through a little bit. So this is your first match with the MPSL side properly. You, you featured against the Des Moines Wanderers in that friendly match. But you've now had uh, about, a, what, what is it, about a week and a half in with the full side. Tell us yeah. about the differences of, like, you know, coming in last year, you were uh, kind of a part-time training player before you went off to, uh, to Barcelona. Um, yeah. But now, now you're full-time in. You, were, you started out with the 23s, and now you're here. Tell us a little bit about your progress. Um, I mean, last year I knew that I wanted to be a part of this team, so I tried to get in it, but I was a bit late, so then I just trained with them, and then I, I was good to go with the 23s, and it was a good start. There's a lot of good guys on the 23s, all younger college guys, and then right when they called me up, I knew I, I was ready to definitely play with the first team, and it's a great team. Everyone's super welcoming, and the intensity is always there in training, and then coming out here for my debut, the atmosphere is awesome, and I'm so happy I'm here now. Awesome. Eli, it's great to have you, man. Uh, Thank goal, you. I really appreciate as it. As we mentioned, your goal puts us up to the top of the table. We need some last, uh, some end-of-season momentum here. You may be the spark plug that gives it to us. What's uh, what's your approach <laughs> going to be over the last couple games, last couple weeks of the season, leading into our leading into our last last game, July 12th, here at home? Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to keep coming, keep working hard. Um, pushing the older guys, and whenever whenever I get the call to be on the field, I'll be ready. Score a goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's all you got to do. All right, Eli, That's thank you so do. much. Uh, all right, thank you. Hop on Appreciate into that it. locker room, get a I couple will. couple probably not so uh, friendly smacks on the back of the head for the, for the, the <laughs> I, debut yeah. goal, but uh, I think so. enjoy it. It was a big goal, like we said, puts us at top of the table back where we feel we should be, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to to some more goals here in the future. Definitely. Thank you, guys. Right. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you. All right, go ahead. All right, So the season is really long for these guys. And what I mean by that is it's it, it, it's very compact, but it feels like it's super long for a player. And then like from a calendar perspective. So you have to be kidding yourself if in our league and the, the way it's set up that you're going to have the same players start the season that finish the season. Um, and I say that for the top half teams seem to be, um, you know, it, it's, it's predicated on injury or p- p- perhaps uh, someone leaves for another opportunity, whether it be personal or soccer related. Um, and then the bottom half of the league tends to be people leaving for whatever reason, being disgruntled. Because they're done losing. Yeah. So <laughs> having players like Eli who can continue their development until that point, and once they get in with us, be able to be elevated and then produce is a big difference maker that I think that we have that a lot of teams in our division don't have. Because yeah. if you look at the roster from, um, you know, from top to bottom for the game, there's a whole lot of guys in there that weren't getting solid minutes in the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, outside of your few mainstays that we've talked about in the past too. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked about what he said is how he mentioned that his role as being a U23 call-up is to turn up, play hard, and push the veterans who were initially on this roster from the beginning and perform when he's called upon. 
and his elevation along with the others on the roster, I think that's exactly what you're seeing. And it's, it's awesome to see. Yeah, I, I agree, John. I mean, it's good to, it's good to know that we can add players at a time when if other teams add them, it's like guys that might not have made the team right away. But or like, like had, some dude off the street that's good at soccer, but right, doesn't know how to like, play oh, with shit. the team. We have, yeah. We've got a hole at midfield and we need to fill it. Can who, Who's got a buddy? You know, right, right, yeah. <laughs> like for us, it's like guys that have been hungry all season that are waiting for their chance. And when they get their chance, they're going to they're going to take advantage of it. And you see that from Eli um, this week, especially talk. So he has been scoring tonight. Tell me about that really quickly. Yeah. So the U23s went down to Rochester and played a, a familiar patch of turf. Currently, it's Wednesday night in, yeah, currently in it's podcast Wednesday. world. Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and he, as well, actually, all three players that have been called up from the U23s were in the starting lineup for that game. Um, they're young. They can handle minutes. <laughs> yeah. So um, they won three to two. So congratulations to Coach Handler and the uh, the mini murder, as people are calling them. <laughs> um, but it, it the, the scoring, basically, you know, it, it started off. Eli, Eli scored in the 20th minute and then ended up uh, circling back on the game winner um, later on in the first half. So three, nothing at halftime. And then with uh, some substitutions saw Rochester kind of take a little bit more of the playback and score two goals. But in, at the end of the day, th- this guy's, <laughs> it doesn't matter what, you know, it, in the grand scheme of things, a goal scorer is a goal scorer. Yeah. So you either do it at a high level or you do it at, you know, a not as high level and not to say that, that the U 23s or even Rochester who they played is not a high level, but if you like to see guys that are putting themselves into scoring opportunities and converting. So over the past three games that he's played in, he has four goals. Yeah. I mean, like they mentioned these guys that just have like a nose for it, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, we we've said it twice, right place, right time. You know, who, who could have predicted it? Lucky guy. But like, Part of it is getting a feel execution. for yeah, <laughs> execution and having a feel for where to be and how the play is developing and that sort of thing. So um, really Very happy to have this guy on our team. Really happy that he's hit this kind of form this late in the season when we need him um, because, as we'll talk about in a minute, things are about to get real. Well, he, he's he's kind. Of, we kind of been missing that that person, and not to slight anyone else on the roster because guys up front have been playing good soccer. But losing like a guy like Brandon McGarity, he's that type of guy. Mm-hmm. And to see Eli come in a little bit younger, uh, actually quite a bit younger, um, <laughs> doing it across any platform he's put into is really great to see. Yeah, it feels great. So John, I don't, oh, go ahead. I, oh, sorry, one more thing. I, I don't think he's uh, he's been attached to a college yet. So if any coaches out there is are he, listening, is he just like nineteen years old? Yeah. So he because uh, like you said, he took that gap year and he just came back. Yeah. So he took a gap year and he 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 trained and played in a, a development academy in Barcelona and not the Barcelona, but in Barcelona. So uh, pro- obviously it, it wasn't um, anything to shake a stick at, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the, uh, the La Machina that a lot of qual- <laughs> <laughs> great players that everybody knows of right. outside of our ecosystem uh, were products of, but um, so he took that gap year and then he came back this year after that was done. And I believe he's in the hunt for school. I don't quite, I, I haven't talked to him about it, um, it's not really the, the thing that comes up whenever we see each other. Um, 
but I will be interested to see what his plans are. And if, if he's unattached, uh, I would be throwing all the, all the offers at that guy. You got, you got a couple months. Come on colleges. Yeah. John, you said the keys to the game, keys to victory, I'm sorry, were make sure we bring the resources. Was, was yes. Number one. So seeing that Hutton was pulled from the match, we were already down a guy who would I, in, in my mind, I think have been a game changer. Um, he's he's never played against the Twin Stars uh, in his time with City. And I think he, he just, he, when we played him the first time, you mentioned on the call that he was just chomping at the bit in the stands. And like, he was like, oh, you know, he's, he was totally into it. Yeah. And just, you could see the wheels turning of like, if I'm in there, this is what I can do to expose these guys. Yep. So that stinks. But we brought an injection of youth, like we mentioned, with Noah and Eli. And those guys made it work. So I would I would give us a, a, a passing grade on that. But we have to bring everybody who's clicking to all these games to end the season word uh the second thing you said was take points well it looks as if in that game we we were on on course to have a solid one point secured but we were able to walk away with all three which is awesome and it gave us the top spot in the conference which we'll talk a little bit more about in a second here going into our final three matches of the year so we got all the points so can't complain about that check that one off the list and lastly get the offense going eh. yeah the offense did not really get going um as it looked like we were kind of stuck in second gear and just kind of doing the bare minimum for the majority of both halves, which is okay. You know, like you don't have to always be firing at a hundred percent, but we now have seen Eli Goldman score in back-to-back games to with back, uh, to back, back to with, back to back. Yeah. With us. And then tonight. So perhaps he's the spark that we've been looking for as opposed to trying to get others going. Yeah. Hopefully. And, and maybe that unlocks some of the, excuse me, competitive juices of the other guys to get going to start scoring goals themselves. Right. Uh, Player of the game for you, John, someone, something we didn't talk about uh, on, on game night. You know, your mind takes you to Eli for scoring the winner, but I really felt that it was a fantastic day for a no Driscoll who was not intimidated by cream Darbaki and his typical antics um, that he, he deploys to, to intimidate, some of the you know the, the guys he perceives as younger and maybe not necessarily as good as him um but he inserted himself well into the offense as well as the defense but from an offensive perspective ultimately producing a great bit of individual play that worked itself into Eli scoring that goal it, it, the goal would not have happened without Aiden and i thought it was a good Good uh, cherry on the Sunday for his his effort on the day. Yeah, I'd agree with Aiden. I think we noted a few times that he gave as as good as he got against Darbaki. He didn't back down. A couple slide tackles, um, yep. some real physical play. And I one thing I remember about Kareem Darbaki when uh, he was playing against Steve one time is he got upset because he got called for a foul against Steve or something like that. Or it was kind of a 50, 50 situation. They called it against Kareem and he was all up in the ref's face and, you know, saying something like I'm a grown ass man and he's a little boy kind of a thing. That's just his (laughs) attitude. Right. So he sees these younger guys and he, he, he perceives himself as, you know, Zlatan basically like who can touch me? I'm fucking Kareem Darbaki. Right. Um, so and Aiden Aiden did a good job of containing him and, and dealing with him and and um and challenging him. I would say honorable mention for me would be Aaron Olson coming on at half, calmly patrolling the back line in a in a, what turns out to be a position of of choice for him, uh mm-hmm. making a few 
timely and clutch aerial clearances to take the pressure off of of Matt Elder and enable him and the team to maintain that clean sheet. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that uh, it, you know, we didn't see a full sample size of, of AO um, seeing that he, he came off the bench and, you know, a, a much needed physical health break for him because he mm-hmm. plays a lot of minutes. Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't choose him because there were some, some errant passes in some dangerous situations that I yeah, thought, he, Oh yeah, that's fair. He cleaned those up, which was, which is what you want to see out of a player. So I'll give him credit there, but for me, it was it was O'Driscoll all the way. All right. Well, John, John, John. Now it's time for you to talk for a whole bunch of time. While we <laughs> while we were it's it's analysis time, baby. While we were calling the game, something very very interesting happened. Um, we said last week on the show that Med City, who who at the time was looking up at the playoffs, they were in third place would treat this game against Duluth very, very seriously. Because if Duluth beat, Duluth beat them, that's it. That was the end. Mm-hmm. Well, they took it about as serious as a heart attack. They put three goals up on the conference-leading Duluth defense to win the game 3-1. to one. That was Pup- almost as many goals as Duluth's given up all season. Yeah, I mean, they've. Uh, I think they'd given up four up till then. Yeah. Coupled with our win... Uh, that shuffled, that reshuffled the top three of the NPSL North yet again. And with only three games to play, currently Minneapolis City has the top spot. So as it sits, we are in first place with 22 points, a record of 7-1-1. Med City is in second with 21 points, a record of six, zero losses, and three ties. And Duluth is in third with 20 points, six wins, one loss, two ties. Things could not be tighter moving into the final three games of the season. One there, thing I'd like to I'd like to note here, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, no, is it's cool. That, is that if you look at the at the win loss record, it, it, in our our landscape of soccer, being that it's a short season, people look at win loss records, you know, obviously because it's what makes the table. But when you look at the ability in a short season to be able to convert draws into wins. Like it, it, Med City has yet to lose, and they're sitting in second yeah. place, where we have a loss, and we only have one tie, where Duluth has two ties and a loss. Dropping those points when you can pick them up is so crucial. Just one point makes a huge Just, difference, right? And and having three draws versus our one loss, it equalizes that, and it gives us more, not only more points in the table, but also the goal differential because those draws don't come at you know, a five, five or a four, four, they come at a one, one or, or two, two. Yep. So if we go out and we beat a team five, nothing or five to one, and they go out and they stay undefeated and they continue to rack up the draws, it's absolutely going to be, a, a you know, a dagger for them. They, they need to convert those. Good. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of scenarios for how the season could be playing out. And quite a few of them see city coming out on top or maybe even second place, we definitely have work to do. And that's what we're going to talk about this this segment here. Let's, work, work, we work, want to look work, ahead. Work. for Look ahead for City. <laughs> uh, the next three games for Minneapolis City, at Sioux Falls, at Duluth, and versus Med City to close out the season. Definitely of the three top three teams, the toughest end-of-season run. But because our games are against other teams that we're competing against, we control our own destiny. That's actually a benefit. 
For Med City, their next three are versus Dakota versus Twin Stars at Minneapolis City. Dakota, we've talked about them. They're a dumpster <laughs> fire, right? And, <laughs> and they they get uh <laughs> Med City gets to gets to welcome Dakota at the tail end of one of the longest trips in the conference all the way from Fargo to Rochester. So that's just going to that's that's a free three points probably. Twin Stars, they could they could surprise Med City, but they Med City really need to be pre- prepping for the season finale here in Minneapolis. Duluth, John. Duluth has been gifted the biggest cakewalk end of season schedule of the three because sandwiched <laughs> sandwiched between Two games against Eris is our <laughs> fixture against them in Duluth. Two of their last three games are against Lacrosse Eris. How do they end up drawing that? That's an amazing schedule. So that's All like right. a free six points. No comment. Let's talk about how Minneapolis makes the playoffs and how, and even better, how we take the top spot. So we got to assume Duluth is going to earn those six points. 26 points becomes the number to beat for Minneapolis City to make the playoffs. The easy answer, of course, is to win out. If we win the last three games, nobody's going to catch us. But we've had, but we do have some leeway. It all has to start with defeating Sioux Falls. We're going to preview that in a second. But for the sake of conversation, let's assume Saturday brings us a victory in Sioux Falls. Then, if we beat Duluth in Duluth, that's it. It's over. We will have 28 points, and Duluth's max on the season will be 26. Med City results may or may not keep. Duluth in third. The Med City game here in Minneapolis would well determine Duluth's fate. That would be sweet, sweet. But if we lose, if we lose in Duluth, then um, we get second and Med City wins the conference. We can even lose to Sioux Falls and still finish above Duluth if we, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know what I was talking about with we lose. But anyway, we can even lose to Sioux Falls and, and still finish above Duluth if we win if we beat Duluth and we beat Med City. So a victory in Duluth would be great and and pretty crucial to walking away winning the season. Mm-hmm. Um, if we draw in Duluth, things are going to get trickier because entering the final game, we will have 26 points to Med City and Duluth's expected um, season and total of 27 at that point. The Med City game then becomes the two of us playing for first place. If we Even win, with the we, loss? Huh? Even with a loss? With a loss of what? To Sioux Falls. No, that's different. Okay. <laughs> if, I mean, if we lose to Sioux Falls and we draw on Duluth, that's it. Okay. There's no way we can make those points up. That's why I'm saying most of this stuff is predicated with, like, defeating Sioux Falls. Right. Okay. So if we draw on Duluth, things are going to get tricky. Like I said, the Med City game becomes the two of us playing for first place. Because if we win, we would leapfrog Duluth and take the conference with 29 points. So we would have a... A win versus Sioux Falls, a draw against Duluth, and a win versus Med City, we can still take this conference. Uh, If we draw, we pull even with Med City on points at 27, and it would come down to tiebreakers depending on goal differential and whatnot. I'm looking up goal differential right now. Yeah, it is. I got it up right now. So we have 24 goals for Mm -hmm. and eight against, where they would have, they sit on 22 for and nine against. Yep, so 16 goal differential versus 13. The The issue is is they welcome Dakota. <laughs> Come <Right>? on, Fusion. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, Dakota better turn on the defense. Yeah, park that uh, megabus. Yep. Uh, so a draw to Duluth 
after a Sioux Falls victory. It's not the end of the world, but it makes our last game super important. If we lose to Duluth, here we go. This is this is when it gets bad. If we beat Sioux Falls, but go to Duluth and lose, they will win the conference. And we will be playing for second place against Med City because we will need that win to put us at 28 points, one ahead of Med City's expected 27-point finish. So Okay. <laughs> So what I'm hearing is, is that not only do we control our own destiny, but any help, if you're listening out there, <laughs> any help that these other teams could provide us would be <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. If the Twin Stars want to, want to, want to hook us up with a, with a tip by taking a point or three, that'd be great. You know, I'd take those guys out for a beer if they took down <laughs> one of those. Absolutely. took down Med City. Yeah. Round by round for Sadie, Lozano, and Darbaki. Yeah, yeah, on me, guys. So while well, we're definitely faced with a difficult path, John, Minneapolis City is in the, is still in a strong position to make the playoffs. Of course, as I mentioned, it all hinges on a victory this weekend in Sioux Falls. So let's get to that preview right now. All right. So there's been a clear line drawn in the North Conference table that dictates kind of who is in the hunt and who is not. And the teams that fall into that not category are ones that can go one of two ways, Nate. They can keep fighting for pride and listen to what I just said and perhaps be a spoiler. (laughs) Or they can waste away into the end of the summer with guys leaving the club early or staying and not really giving a shit. Mm -hmm. So the Thunder, they're an interesting club. They currently sit at one win, six losses, and two draws with 11 goals for and 19 against. So... They're not getting blown out of games and they are putting up a fight. So sitting at the bottom half of the table and seeming to be one that is going to maybe stick it out and fight till the bitter end. The hopes for the, the team are, were very high in the beginning of the year. And I thought they fought hard in the beginning of the season, picking up a win as most teams do in lacrosse um, outside of Dakota fusion. <laughs> <laughs> who lost <laughs> it makes me laugh sorry um and they, so outside of dakota fusion who seemed to can't beat lacrosse um they've never really been blown out of games like i mentioned like the rest of the bottom half have but then they go out and they play duluth at home in sioux falls to a 1-0 match that they owned outside of an unexpected who knows what the fuck that guy was doing on goal. <laughs> That's a, yeah, we talked about this before. It's like right. Duluth was gifted two own goals on the season that gave them four total points. Yes. So then they go and they play Med City and they tie them 2-2 away on the back of two really great goals. Yeah. So the real question to you, Nate, is who turns up on Saturday? Yeah. I mean, Sioux Falls, they don't really feel like the team that's going to fold. I brought it up. Um, I brought it up a little bit ago that like if if their guys show up, the real guys, uh, Bryce Holiday being one of them, uh, you know this. Uh, who's the other guy that Nigel? But <laughs> but some of these guys like game His in mom. and game out, especially even against Minneapolis City, there are some threatening players, and if they can put it all together, it works for them. So they don't feel like a team that's going to fold. Their their motives on the season, their their motives as an organization, feel more on this developmental side right they're trying to get their guys to grow throughout the season and Mm -hmm. they're 
truly uh, they truly believe in that. So I think they will. I think they'll see this game as an opportunity, and I mean the game against us as an opportunity to prove against what could be a potentially less senior Minneapolis City side if history is any uh, you know is any is any lesson that they they may have made some strides in 2019 if they can you know steal a point or two from us, point or three I, from us. I think outside of their record. They have been there. It's been some bright spots for them in yeah. in 2019. So obviously we can't take them lightly. But this match in the past has been one that's usually taken place in the beginning of the season where we travel to Sioux Falls, and it's posed a problem for City, being that we usually had low numbers at that point with guys coming back from school, mm-hmm. and it being you know one of the only overnight road trips of the summer, and guys have other things going on. And the Thunder has taken advantage of that, playing City really hard and causing us fits. So I see this as really another late trap game for us. We talked about last week's game being a trap game for us. Two years ago, uh, I, I know this because I was had to coach the team. Um, <laughs> we, we played them around the same time. They were basically in a similar area of the, of the table. We were fighting for a playoff spot, and... Basically, they outside of a Miles Stock and Willis hat trick that paced the day, we we weren't in control of that game. Um, they had uh, what was it? Uh, was his name Steve Perry? What was it? <laughs> I forget what the guy's name was. Remember, he's like the player coach for a while. Oh yeah, that and he was the the, the forty year old keeper. No, he wasn't the forty year old keeper, but he was like a forty year old field player. Oh wow. It, and I, I believe his name was Steve Perry. It was something something mid mid to early eighties, uh, <laughs> you know, band member, sure, uh, lead singer. But anyways, so outside of him having to track Miles Simon Willis in the first half, they made adjustments and they made it interesting. Um, but I don't see this being an easy road trip to go into, and especially with the table topping clashes with Duluth and Med City coming on the back of that. You know, and they've recently gotten great play from their role players and some familiar names, like you mentioned, Bryce Holiday, who didn't make the trip here. Lucas Trimble, who I thought was dangerous uh, all day when he came to Edor Nelson. Yep. If City can weather the proposed heat and shake off any tired legs from the trip that you would expect, this is a, a win. You know, but seeing that Sioux Falls has been, you know, what they've done recently, they're not the team that can be taken lightly. And an early goal or two in the first half could really take the wind out of their sails and keep the curls on the top of the table. But it's all predicated, Nate, on on who shows up for them and how much they really want to play for it. Word. So what are your keys to this game, John? All right. I've been I've been hitting on a pretty good rate of these, yeah. I, I believe. So yeah. uh, number one, play as a unit. So in any game where the heat index will be right around 90 at kickoff at seven o'clock, which is hot for an evening game, what it takes to overcome that is 10 men playing two way shifts together. And what I mean by that is don't get stretched out and not, and, and stay disconnected from the rest of your friends. So it'll really take a total team effort to work together. Um, and, and what that does is it, it causes the dangerous counterattacks that Sioux Falls has shown um, to do in the past to, to be non-existent because if we're attacking and defending as a unit, all those long balls that they, they tend to deploy to, to release their, their attackers will be all for naught because we'll be behind the ball ready for that and then collect it and move together in the offensive third as one. Sure. 
So if we get stretched, it could be a foot race and you know what happens in those. And, you know, it could cause a goalkeeper to be less connected to what's happening. Uh, Bryce holiday scored like a 35 yard goal against us to last year. And all those things don't happen. If you have enough guys behind the ball is basically what I'm saying. Sure. Okay. So number two is three points makes things easy. One point does not. You just went through a whole scenario. A lot of scenarios. I'm glad you do that because I'm not the half of this relationship that would ever make that happen. Um, (laughs) So basically what I took away from what you, what you said is five points wins the league. A minimum of five points wins the league for Mm -hmm. you. And it starts at, at this game. If we can take all three, we, you know, we'll need to only really tie Duluth the following week to sure up a for sure playoff berth. If we do not take all three, there's a chance that, you know, we have to then win out in two difficult games to make the playoffs. And it's just much, a much harder road to take. We don't, we don't want to do that. No. And then lastly, it's stay healthy. This is just going to be like my boilerplate end cap for the next three games. Um, we have to have everybody ready to go and healthy and off the trainer's table to make sure that we're securing uh, maybe a league title, but at least a playoff berth and try to try to maybe get that regional title that, that uh, Duluth had last year. And I've been told that if we win out, so say we get nine points out of the next three games, we yeah. will actually be in a position to host the regional playoffs. Wow. Because uh, whatever's going on over in Michigan is heading in right. our favor. Well, I mean, it's not to say heading in our favor, but you know, the, the very, I'm not going to say stupid, but I just did, I just did. But the weird tiebreaker rules on how that works is we could be in a position to be the, the host that has to potentially maybe turn down the bid uh, where we would obviously take it. So we wouldn't have to travel. Yeah. So, uh, and then not, not to mention even the, the revenue that's generated from other teams coming into play at our home would be great for the club financially. So if we could take those nine points, Nate, and because we have a bunch of healthy guys ready to go, that would be huge for us come playoff time. It's top two from each of the three conferences in our, in our uh, region. Correct. So, wow. There's, there, but there, but there is a play in game the week before the regional playoffs for the second place finishers out of the other divisions. So, Right now, if we were the second place to come out of it, we would probably be um, – let me look at the table here. We would probably be fighting with Grand Rapids out of the Great Lakes to host or Cleveland SC. But we have far more points than them already. I mean, we're on 22 right now. They've all either finished their season or have one one or two games to play. So the most they could probably take out of that is six points, which would put them at 21. So we've already ha- we've already taken away from the East Conference. But if Grand Rapids, they look to have uh, one game in hand, uh, and they're on 19 points. But then the goal differential comes into play where they're at plus eight, and we are at plus 16, depending on what happens in the, at the end of the season. So it would look to be that we would probably host a – playoff game if we don't host the regionals and get the buy right into there like we did last year that'd be cool so yeah there's my there's my math folks (laughs) so sioux falls typically has a less than ideal stream set up on my kuju so keep an eye out for for what 
that looks like come game time. If you're not happy with it, you can also follow along on the City Match Day Twitter feed. Uh, of course, you're probably not making the trip, but if you are, kudos. That'd be amazing. You're great fans. I'll be there. Kickoff is Saturday night, 7 p.m. We need these three points. Absolutely. So that is all for the show tonight, folks. Thanks to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. It's summertime, if you haven't noticed, because it's getting hot as hell out. Um, and the weather has finally caught up, which means it's summer ale time. This by far is my favorite offering from Summit. I've said it multiple times before. And it's perfect for a nice warm day of watching soccer and forgetting about life for a little while. Get your local watering hole and get some on tap today or mosey on down to your local liquor store and pick up a 12-er and you will be much better for doing so. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, well, maybe it's time to give back to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us this summer out playing with kids in parks and community centers around the city and consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. I believe Will Kidd was out at his old alma mater, Como Park High School. That's very cool. Yeah, playing with some kids and talking about his experience of going on to college and, and playing with Minneapolis City, so that's always great. Um, hey, city games are a blast. It's plain and simple. So if you have been hitting up city games and you like what you see, but you are not a member, what is the holdup? It's still not all for not if you haven't gotten your memberships because they have been discounted. And to do so, to become a, a season ticket holder, 40 bucks gets you the ability to support a club and get some really cool stuff in return. You get a season pass to every city home game. We have a couple more coming up that are non-conference as well. Maybe some potential playoff games. We don't know yet. Um, you get your exclusive membership scarf, two flex tickets to share with your friends and a membership card that gets you 10% off at the club shop and deals on summit at our official game day bar Palmer's. Plus you get to vote on important club members, including selecting the membership board and choosing scarf and kit designs. Visit mplscitysc.com and make it happen. The stands have been packed to the gills, so this year, better than any, get that season ticket to guarantee your entry into a city game. Send us mail. It's easy. Hit us up on Twitter, at the People's Pitch, or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, you can always complain to the club at mplscitysc. Again, that is all for this week, folks. I am John, and that was Nate. And it is going to be a hot one this weekend. And City has moved itself into a true control-your-own-path scenario. So let's keep those positive vibes going. And let's get nine points, and let's host those playoffs. And you got hoofed. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor leagues. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I could staple these, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never.